Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble Out the door Well... Young Dale, welcome to Radical Australia. Are you going to kick all your troubles out the door? Oh, well, let's give it a go. Why not? Why not, indeed. You got your boots on? Yeah, I've got my new gym boots on. Yeah, I noticed that. I was quite impressed. Oh, you know, my GPs have finally fallen apart. They're actually clean. (laughs) I thought I could take a leaf out of your book. (laughs) Yeah, just go to the op shop. Yeah, well, Princess... Dowager, Empress, whatever you are, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you back. If I get out of control from our guest, you don't have to worry. He's a wild mountain man. He'll just sock me away. <laughs> You'll have to look after me, not after him. <laughs> well, Mr. Klaus Wink, welcome to Radical <sighs> Australia. Yes. Yes. I'm here. You're there. <laughs> I'm here. Now, 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 Klaus, look, I've been... What, how long have I known you? A bloody decade or something? Oh, it's gone back a while. Yeah, yeah, back a while. Now, look... I've always been concerned about how to pronounce your surname. Can you give us the German ver? Wenk. 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 Yeah. So Klaus Wenk. Yeah, there's no C in it. No. Wenk. <laughs> you called me Wenk. Wenk, that's right. Well, I'm not, you're not a Croatian. Venik. You're not Croatian. No. You're a Wenk. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Not a very common name. What? Not even in Berlin? Not even in Germany. No. Not even in Germany? No. It's got the... No. Uh, hmm? I don't know where it's come from. Think. Yeah. Sounds, sounds Nordic. Mostly they have a C in it. A C, yeah. So used to be mistaken mm-hmm. by some people because there used to be a pole wink. Mm-hmm. My father's name is Wink. Yeah. And he was a general. So right. I got sometimes a bit of flack. Yeah. Because he didn't do his job very well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't win it. Yeah. yeah. You know? All right, let's go back. Let's go yeah. back a step. Now, what year were you born? 1941. All right. And I assume that accent comes from Germany? Yeah. So you were born in the middle of the Second World War? Well, yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. I had uh, arguments with my father. Mm-hmm. I used to tell him, how could you have me in mm-hmm. the middle of a war? Well, rest and recreation <laughs> class. <laughs> I mean, soldiers come back from the front, mate. That's what it must have been. That's what they get leave for. No, but when you said I'm so irresponsible, yeah. well, oh. I was as a teenager. Well, did you, did you have brothers? I said, what about your responsibilities? Oh. Yeah. yeah, what's your earliest memory? And I grew up as uh, a Prussian child. Uh-huh. Is that your earliest memory, growing up as a Prussian child? Well, you get battered around the ear a bit. Well, tell, tell us. But I mean, I go back to when I was fleeing. Fleeing. As what? a refugee. So what? I know about the refugees. All right. What, what's the first thing you remember? 
The first rings I remember. Mm. We on see Earth. this goes back a long time, mm. and I know that I was set back mm-hmm. because I never went to school before I was eight. Right. Mm. Shocked. Right. Because I survived the onslaught in Dresden. Right. Were you in Dresden, were you? Yeah. You lived in Dresden. No, we didn't. We, everyone went to Dresden right. out of Poland. Right. We were in Poland at so that you, time. So you were in Poland. And then they went to Dresden because nobody thought anyone would ever drop something on the Venice of Europe right. in so that place, Dresden. So, so as a young so a child. So it was all civilians yep. who found refuge in Dresden. Mm. And so what happened, just to explain to people? Well, there was a bombing raid. Mm. There was more than a bombing raid. There were bombing raids. Yeah, but it was more than and a the bombing raid. And the whole place was on a firestorm. That's right. You were, you were so certain people escaped, and I did escape mm-hmm. with my mother having four kids on chains. Wow. Right. And you remember this? Well, this is sort of vaguely. Vaguely. So right, four, because, four, like four. I said, mm-hmm. I was traumatized. Right. And so I never, when everybody goes to school with five or six, what it was, yeah. I never said a word. So they said mm. something wrong with him. Mm. Do, do you remember? Do you remember um, where you went after Dresden? After Dresden, we went to Berlin. Berlin, and this yeah. was before the end of the war or after the end of the war? No, end of the war. At the end of the war, why'd, you go, why'd you go to Berlin? Was well, the next big city, mm-hmm. and you know that's just I never asked why they mm. went to Berlin. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it was only my mother and t- four kids. Four kids. So yeah, two kids was her own, mm. and the other were from her brother and sister. Right. So you, you've got a brother or a sister? No, my mother, brother, and sister. No, but I got a sister. Right. So, so there were two children in the family. Yeah, but she was four four years older than me. Yeah, and, and, but you were looking after the brothers and sister of. She was looking after these other. Right. Her other. Brothers and sisters' children. Mm, mm. The brother never turned back, mm. came never back. Mm-hmm. And my father only turned up half a year later what, out of where, prison. Where, where had he was he in been? prison. Where? Uh, in in Russia. Front, in, in the Eastern Front. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's exceptionally unusual to come back from prison in the Eastern Front as a German well, officer. Well, he escaped. He escaped. Was he a German yeah. officer, you said? Yeah. Well, he changed his uniform mm. when he was captured and he changed it into a local uniform or whatever. This is his stories. Yeah, you know, yeah. and his story was someone told him to put the glass in in the shed that they were living in mm. and he said to the guy, Hold the glass and he ran away. This was his story. <laughs> 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 they were a bit you know, they were not up to standard no, but not, not looking after... No, but not many German prisoners came back from the Eastern Front, did they? No. Not many at well, all. Well, some did. Well, he did. Yeah, what, what was it like... Um, what was he like when he got home? Well, he, he was... Uh, he was... became a policeman. A policeman. 
Yeah. Right. Like is because that's all what they needed after the yeah. policemen. Yeah. Yeah. What what the, what else was there, you know? Right, right. So and because he was in the army, became a policeman, and later on, because he's a Prussian, they right. were all army people. Right, right. Right. That's how they they've been brought up. So what Militaristic. Do you mean, so what do you mean that were Prussians and that's how they were brought well, up? Well, they're military men. Right. That was the, that was your family's background, was it? Well, he, he was a, what you call an alpha male, really. Yeah. Yeah. So he was. And so, say so later on in my life, I found out what an alpha male is. Mm. Mm. Right. What is an alpha male? Well, someone who's you know a few bit soft. Yeah. You get to know about him. So what happened to you as a child? Well, he, he used to bat me up a bit when I was about ten or twelve because I got into trouble. Mm. And he said, if you get into trouble, you got to go and run. And if you get caught, that's what you get. Mm. And mm. so he did. And he was a policeman at that time, and that was very embarrassing to him to pick him up <laughs> from the police station. You know, right? <laughs> well, I was ten and twelve because we were digging around. In the rubble, mm. looking for brass, yeah. copper, and yeah. selling it to the, you know, the steel merchant. Right, and that was illegal. Of course, it's illegal, because mm. what happened to me, and what hap- not happened to me, but to one of my friends mm. at that time, got his head, his arm blown off by a hand grenade he picked up mm. in the same moment. Because mm. the whole place was a mess. Right. What do you remember about Berlin after the war? Well, the ruins. Yeah, and where, where, did you live? Minute, yeah. where did your family live? They lived in there, four, flo- four flights up, mm. and you could see <laughs> the first floor through a hole. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what made me come to Australia mm. later on in my life was mm. because I hated snow, mm. because in Berlin everything was broken down. Mm. And what happens is when you live four flights up, two months of the year, you get no water. Mm-hmm. So I had to go down when I was 10 mm-hmm. and get the water from the pump on the corner in the street. Right. And take the shit bucket down to the first floor oh. and empty it in his toilet. Yeah. And that was, yeah. that was your job. That was your chores as well, a child. Was, you know, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sister didn't. No. She was four years older, but... No. You know, uh, she was exempt. She's female. And uh, uh, I had to be brought up tough. Uh, right. You know, my the only way my father ever stopped batting me is when I, say, I said to him, "If it makes you happy, keep hitting me, and you never hit me again." Right. And how old were you then? Well, about thirteen. Thirteen. So when, when did your father die? He died fifty-six. Uh, so how old were you? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Was I assume it was unexpected? Well, very unexpected. But what it's happened? It's a man, no bloke. What happened? Half a male dies, just goes out in the morning, the next minute he had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Was like a baby. Right. Couldn't and make a cross on the test lottery <laughs> ticket. And how long did he survive? No, he was given the option. Right. What do you mean he was given My the mother option? was given the option. Mm-hmm. So either you have an operation or you can have him like this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And my mother said, well, that wouldn't work for him. Mm-hmm. And he would not want to be a burden on her. Mm-hmm. So they had an operation and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And what, he died on the operating yeah. table? Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, getting, 
So yeah. what did you do as a young lad? You said you didn't go to school till you were eight. Well, yeah, and then I went to school six years to 14, started a trade as a bricklayer. Right, let's go back to school. What was school like post-war? 50 in the class. Right. Eight orphans. Mm-hmm. Ten without father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't easy. Mm. And I still was sitting right down the back. I wasn't up the front, you know. Why was that? Well, I wasn't holding my hand up high enough. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so you learned to survive. Yeah. What, yeah. Was, what, what were the streets like? You know, you said you were playing in the streets, you are looking for copper and brass and... Well, all the women had stacked up the bricks. Right. On big squares. So what the kids used to do, take the middle out and build enclaves for themselves. Inside the bricks. Yeah, they took the bricks out houses. of the middle. Yeah, as cubby I mean, houses. You yeah. can see a yeah. whole stack of bricks, maybe mm. a square of 100 metres. Mm-hmm. So we took our bricks in the middle, mm. covered it, mm. and that was our enclave. Right, that was a little club, cub, cubby well, house. Well, we all yeah. were free-range children, I call it. Right. I heard that name somewhere else, but anyway. <laughs> but that's what we were. What? So were you because just you go to school from 8 to 1. Yep. Then you do a bit of homework. Yep. And then you got the whole time for yourself. Right. Did you get, on, did you get on with the other kids at school? Yeah. Right. Do you remember any of them? Well, someone... Someone wrote to me three years ago. Right. And he told me four of them have killed themselves because they went to Canada. <laughs> Why would they kill themselves if they went to Canada? Well, they had trouble in Canada or whatever. Or what? Like you, they had issues well, as they, children with the war. Well, we all have issues. Yeah, yeah. If you find a lot of German fellows that come in here, either wanted, they didn't want to go to the army, yeah. they didn't come here to migrate as such. They no. just didn't want to go to the army or they hated the cold. Uh, uh. We don't know how cold it gets in Berlin. No, I don't. Yeah, well... It is cold. It's a Siberian wind coming down in the winter. Okay. And if you're a bricklayer... Well, the thing when you were apprentice, you were there still on the building side, while all the other guys were there in Portugal sunning themselves. Right. Because unemployment benefit like that is you get 60% of your last check. Right. That's what it was then. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's now. Right. But unemployment so benefits after the war in Germany were 60% of your last check. Well, no, when I, when I was 14, yeah. When you were 14. So why did you leave school at 14? Did most kids leave school at 14? Or? Well, I wasn't good enough to go further on in school. Right. You go higher school, mm-hmm. like my sister, you know. Yeah. But I... Well, most of them, they needed tradespeople. Right. And what could... could, could it's like bricklayers. So when you left... When carpenters. You, yeah, when you left... These were the jobs. Yeah, but what, how did you get an apprenticeship when you left at 14? Well, you just line up into a place where they need bricklayers. Right. And then you go to bricklaying. That's it. And then you have a school every day in a week. You get one day mm. where you have... School for bricklayers, right? They get to tell it all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is another story here. You go on the underground, on the U-Bahn, what they call, mm-hmm. you know, the underground 
yeah. railway yeah. to go to school, and you pass three stations in East Germany. Right. Now, when I left, mm. the war was the, the war wasn't built. Right. Now, when the war was built, it stopped a lot of people from the east section come to the west. Mm. But it stopped youth going from the west to the east. No. No. <laughs> but what happens is, when you leave the western suburb and you get to the first station in the east, yeah. we used to go out, yeah. go shopping in the east, because right. we had a lot more money than the ones in the east. Right. Westmark was, I think, six Westmark, yep. six Eastmark to one Westmark. Go right, so right. there was a lot of black trading going on. Uh, right, right. So you could buy in the east. Right. The clever bastards made all these smokes like Camel, mm. Pall Mall, whiskey and all that, all made in East Germany to sell on the black market. market right. <laughs> so, so sometimes <laughs> I had quite a bit of money. Right. So I was a 14-year-old. But, but yeah. you had to hide this stuff before you got out. The last stop to go back into the West, the, the Stasi came in right. and checked everybody's bag. So how did you? So I got caught once, yeah. and I stayed one night overnight mm. in an East German jail. How old were you? Sixteen. Sixteen. What was that like? <laughs> was an experience. <laughs> I put down all these things as experience. I experienced a lot of things. Uh, human behaviour. Uh, you know, I had more in common with Russian people uh, when I met them in East Germany than with East, the Germans. East Germans who were total communists. Uh, where the Russian people were saying, well, yes, Russian. Uh, they were not communists, they're just Russians. Right. You know, they, they uh, were not, you uh, know, whatever, uh, some of them quite backwards, but uh, very nice to kids. They were nice to us. What do you mean they were nice to you? They were. Well, the story. My mother told me that when she was hiding out in the bunker mm -hmm. in Berlin, when they came right. and got Berlin. These are the Russians, yeah. The Russians came into the cellar. Every house in Germany has a cellar. Right. Everything that is on, over the ground, like a house, is called a bungalow. Mm -hmm. So you all in Australia live in bungalows. Right. <laughs> you don't actually live in a house yeah. because you've got to have a cellar where you keep your stuff. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Yeah, why? So, this is not a story. So when the Russians got to the, the they cellar... They took me yeah. out of their hands mm. and took me for a ride in one of their jeeps. Right. Just to... wanted to hold the kit again. Right. And brought me back. Right. So not always bad, you know. No. A lot of other stuff went bad, but this was but one guy who wanted to have a kit in his head. Yeah. After all the... Shit that went through. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Reminded him of his own son or grandson yeah. or something. Yeah. All right. So that would be quite terrifying. If you no, was she wouldn't know what was going to no. happen because you wouldn't be able to speak, would you? Yeah, but she's yeah. seen a lot of shit yeah. till then. So. Yeah. And they're pretty tough. Mm. All right. What so do you do? You work, how long did you work as a bricklayer in Germany for? So I had an apprenticeship for three years. Right. Become a full-blown bricklayer. How old were you in a full-blown bricklayer? But I went to 1956 mm. when I was 15, throwing Molotov cocktails at Russian tanks in <laughs> Berlin. When the Hungarian uprising was, they had one in Berlin too. Did they? Right. Yeah. In West Berlin? No, in East Berlin. 
So what, you just... You still could go there. I could go there, right. I could go there. So we could, everybody could go there. We right. used to go as kids to the East Berlin girls. Right. Because we had the money. Oh, right. <laughs> Fair enough. And so, and so you, you at 15 were throwing Molotov cocktails in 56. At Russian tanks. At Russian tanks. And yeah, Coca-Cola bottles full of bloody petrol, diffusing yeah. it and showing on them. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, he just to Join in. Just join in the fun. Well, you know, not the fun, but I mean, <laughs> there were interest, you know, whatever I got through the history lesson there, that took the ca- country over, you know? Yeah, so, all right. And I mean, we, we were surrounded. Right. You couldn't get out of Berlin. Mm-hmm. So everybody in Berlin, all the kids in Berlin, or all the adults or young fellas, mm. did not have to go to the army to keep these people there because you had to have 18 months in the army. Right. So I never needed to go to the army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They needed workers. And yeah. so a lot of young people came to Berlin, but made actually Berlin what it is now, because a lot of young people went to Berlin. Went, right. They didn't want to go to the army. To get out of the draft. Yeah. Get out of the draft. You had to drive three hours, I think, to mm. get out of Berlin to get into West Germany. The other zone was all East Germany. Right, right. And you... You got onto the, when you started getting into it, you had to stamp on it. Sometimes you stood there for hours with your car yeah. or a motorbike or whatever mm. because you had to get out in eight hours or you could no more longer than eight hours, you'd be done when right. you get on the other side. So. They would take you in and really give you the, you know, shake you out. Right. You had to go through there. Uh. Yeah. So, so. Why did you come to Australia when you were 18? Uh, because when you work as a bricklayer and you see the misery of these people mm. sitting in sheds, mm. getting their money, playing cards, drinking beer, and I said to myself... They sound like real Australians. No, they're not actually <laughs> like that. Right. They play cards. Yep. And you can drink on the side because beer right. doesn't come under alcohol, it comes under food. Right. So that's why nobody in the world actually ever has bought all the breweries in Germany because it comes under food. food. Right. And they cannot ban you drinking beer on the street. But Germans drink beer not to go and forget. Mm. They want to be happy. Right. They get happy. But the brick line was a bit different. No. I didn't want to drink that much beer. Right. <laughs> because everybody complained either they had hemorrhoids right. or they were diabetic in the end, you know, right. from drinking too much of it. Oh, I don't know about the hemorrhoids, the diabetes. So the another thing is, yeah. what, what the other thing is, I'm not really a beer drinker, you say. So ah, I right. I didn't fit in, I didn't fit in when you I came down here yeah. and had to go into a shout. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah. You're 18. Yeah. Why Australia? I didn't want to go to Canada. Right. Everybody went to Canada, my mates. Right. And everybody thought I'm crazy going a month on the ship to go to Australia where it takes only four, four or five hours for the flight mm. to Canada. So what year was this? 59? 60. 1960. 60. I got here. Did you get August 1960. Was, did you have much trouble getting here in 1960? No. You just applied and said you're a bricklayer. Well, my mother it? had to sign the letter that I could leave. Why did your mother have to sign? I felt always bad about it. But why did your mother have to sign? Because you're underage or? 
Well, I'm not 21. Right. So, so yeah. I had to say, and then the thing was, you had to stay and commit yourself to Australia for two years, otherwise you had to pay the fee. Right. It was only about, we had to pay a little talking first. Mm. But if you wanted to go back mm. and didn't do your two years, mm. you would have to pay a bigger fare, you know. Right. So where did you first land in Australia? Well, we landed in Fremantle, mm-hmm. and they wanted me in Fremantle. And I looked around Fremantle, and I said, no, that's not really for me. Right. Well, you jumped back on the ship, did you? Yeah. No, so, no, I so. mean, this. Yeah. everywhere the ship landed, someone came up, a building contractor or so wanted tradespeople. Right, Because there right. was not enough tradespeople here. Right, right. See? So you kept going around Australia. All these immigrants who came here to do this joy at the end, you know? Oh, yeah. So where, where'd you stop? Well, then we got to Melbourne. Mm. And half the ships, they all went to Bonnegilla because I had a trade and a bricklayer. I only had one day, and the next day I was working. Working the next day? The next day. I had one day. Yeah, yeah. And to see was, what's it called here? Yeah, Victoria Dock. The Victoria Docks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I walked all the way to Zankilla. And somebody, mm. and somebody picked you up. Because for us, walking wasn't daily thing you know we did a lot of walking mm. so to walk near from Victoria Dock all the way to St Kilda I wouldn't make it now <laughs> no, I mean but you I know, think, not how I many people Dale did that. or I would make it yeah I'm sure a lot of people did but it was beautiful to see the Victorian houses yeah you were, you were brick houses and as a bricklayer <laughs> was interesting that's it so where'd I you said, start work lot, you know where'd you start work well that's another story here <laughs> these people have got me off the ship mm was a German bloke. Right. And he had a Volkswagen transporter, an mm-hmm. open one, mm-hmm. and he picked six of us up. I had lost all my money on board. What do you mean, lost way. gambling? No. <laughs> Someone's pinched it. Oh, right. So, okay. And then one other bloke was on there. He lent uh, me a bit of money. Yeah. He's a butcher, he was. Yeah. I remember. He died just about three years ago. Mm. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, well... Oh, we said six on the transporter. Well, you're not allowed to do that these days. No, that's right. On yeah, the, the bloody back. station, yeah. we're going to back yeah. just on the parks on the bench, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to work in August. In where? Flats in St. Kilda. And flats things. in St. Kilda. Built, you know, I go around down there to see all these flats that I built. That you built. So how long yeah. were you there for? Well, this guy didn't have us very long, for three months. Mm-hmm. And... The last month, he started, something started going funny. Right. And he said he couldn't pay us. So one night, he just disappeared. (laughs) He hadn't paid our tax, didn't pay monthly wages. Yeah, yeah. And then came back this poor proverb that we have in Germany, when you go in the foreign country, don't trust your own. (laughs) That's right. They'll rip you off. Yeah. Well, he did. It's the immigrant story everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, say, you're unemployed. So I was, well, well, I did find a job then. Right, right. Then there came the credit squeeze. Right. And by that time, I had moved to Bond Beach. What was Bond Beach like in the 60s, early 60s? Well, because I had a, I had a, what do you call it, a swimmer's license. Right. Like Lifesaver. Lifesaver, yeah. I joined the Bond Beach Lifesaving Club. All right. I did the March Pass and all that sort of stuff. And did a boy from Berlin get a lifesaving? What? No, in, in Germany, you had to do, you had to do, to get the life, 
in those uh, saving pass, yeah. you had to swim 45 hours with full, fully closed in a pool. 45 hours? 45 minutes. Oh, 45 minutes, right. Yeah. Right. And so you joined and the... Re- and, you know, dip in the water and all that. And so I had this. So when I showed the guys down the life-saving bond beach yeah. in the club, that accepted me and they yeah. used me in the march pass. And I, many times because I was the way I am, they wanted me to play football. And I said, when I watched one foot go in, I said, no, I do not. He said, I can't I got to work for a living. All right. I don't want to be injured. What, right. what do I do then? Right. You know, so right. I didn't have no backup. I'm here by myself. That's remember? right. And no friends, no relatives. N- no. So how long did you? So sleep? I made friends down there. Right. What was the, so it was reasonable lifestyle down there, or was it a bit hard? Well, when I lost the job then, and I was living in Bond Beach in a bungalow, a small one. Mm. Without real, a cellar. Real small without one. a cellar, obviously. No toilet. No. No, toilet. no hot water. Right. I had to hose hose myself. I fed water. I used to go from June. December swimming in the beach, right? Right, right, yeah. And then I go home on the on the cold house, wash yeah. myself. Didn't was nothing to me. I used to that. Right. From back home. Yeah. So how long did you stay at Bond Beach for? Oh, more than a year. Yeah, and then what happened? Well, when the credit squeeze happened, mm. I had to survive somehow. And the bungalow was costing me three pound ten. Unemployment was two pound ten, so right. we figured out I had to go and send some money. Right. So we went rabbiting, got myself, you know, some. Uh, I can't even think their name there. Gun or a license? Was, or no, or no, I had, I had traps. No, I had these little. What do you call them? Can't think of their name. Cages, cages. No, no, traps, those like. little things that go in the rabbit hole. My God, I can't think of Ferret. it. Ferret. Yeah, right. I had two ferrets. Oh, right. Sorry, couldn't think of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh, took well. ferrets and I got sometimes 26 rabbits in the day. And yeah. I went down on the pub and saw them for two and six. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah but sometimes the ferrets stayed in the hole. Yeah. Right. And you had to go back and dig it out. <laughs> yeah. Six foot deep. Well, that's smart. Because that they, they got to the babies yeah. and sucked them. Yeah, no, you weren't paying them holiday pay. That's why they weren't coming out. <laughs> well, Look, it's, yeah. it's 4.30. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, yeah. streaming live on 3cr.org.au. We're having a chat with Klaus Fink uh, here on 3CR. Dale's doing all the uh, difficult work there. Now, let's move forward. Yeah. Now, I, I, I know you as a mountain man. How, how did you get into the hills? What happened? Well... <sighs> <laughs> Look, it's, <laughs> it's a complex. <laughs> no, no, it's not complex. I'm always. I came down here uh, not to live in towns. Right. Well, going going forwards a bit, I always like the country itself. Mm. Right. Outside. Mm. You know, like I always say, if you go to the desert, you are alone. If you're amongst trees, you're never alone. Mm. They are cousins. Yep. You know? So, and when you go into town and the biggest houses are just so high, well, you know the banks are having it. Mm. Right? Mm. The banks have so much influence on life. Actually, they have the biggest influence on so many people who are in the mortgage debt. Mm. 
And you so talk well. about it a lot, and yeah. I know, you know, you, you, you're nipped free. No, that's right. It's very, it makes you, you know, it's terrible. So, did you, did you have a partner at this stage, or when you started looking for land? When I started looking for land, I was married. Mm-hmm. My marriage has <laughs> <laughs> happened to be, I lived with a fella in Ringwood mm-hmm. at that time, and this is a story in there. I had to drive. I had to drive my car. I had a car then. It was a Ford Saver convertible. Right. One Whoa. of it, a Ford Saver convertible. Very, very But sad. I couldn't shut the doors on it. I didn't have any locks. The door shut, but it wasn't lockable. You right, know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So one day on a Sunday, I wasn't married then. Mm. I was driving this car towards the city. Mm. To pick someone up from Russell Strachan, mm. and I got caught by a cop. Right. Well, I always had problem with authority, mm-hmm. so I kept my mouth not shut and said, "Why do you on the Sunday pick me up for a bit of speeding? Uh, it's no car anywhere." <laughs> you know, attitude. You're showing attitude. So the, yeah. Anyway, yeah. three months later, I had to go to court. Mm-hmm. And when I went to court, I took this car to Boxer. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, the, the first license I got through corruption, mm-hmm. corrupting the cop. Even I had a license from Germany. I still had to have a license here, but $20 in the book, and I, I got the license, you know. Yeah. Anyway, when I, when I got the... <laughs> when I... When I was fined, that I lost my license then a boxer, cop shot, because of the speeding fine. Mm-hmm. I sort of thought to myself, how do we get my car back? Didn't want to ask anybody to, you know, have me driving it back. So I thought, all right, I wait till about three o'clock. Court cases all over. I take the car and I drive it home. Because mm-hmm. I drove it there this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm driving around. <laughs> I go into the city. I think I had something to do with Katie. I picked some money up from her where she worked or something. And then I drove home on Torek Road. Yeah. And I got caught by a cop up with a, <laughs> with a bike. Right. And he said, show me your license. And I said, look, don't be funny. He saw me in the court. He was the same cop right. who was in the court. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for he luck? Asked me How's that for luck? Yeah, from Boxer to Torak. Yeah, luck. So, he couldn't drive the car. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to drive the car. So he called detectives to come there. Right. Three detectives come there. I looked like a high-class criminal. Right. Who comes down the road? Kate's father. Oh. This is my wife. Oh, no. He said, what has he done? <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, well, the, that was on the Monday. On on the Friday it was the court case. Yeah, and I got three weeks in fucking Pantridge. Pa- so three weeks in Pantridge for a for a driving for, for a minor driving offence for driving without a license. license. Yeah, what was that like? When that Pant- was an experience in Pantridge when I got in there. Because that's a tough prison. Well, it was forty forty uh, or you know all unfortunate people were in yeah. that dormitory I was in mm. and the dormitory is like 
four toilets on one side, mm. no cover, nothing. They just toilets. If you wanted to, you know, we played. What is it? Drafts and yeah. bing, or uh, what is it? Thing we throw that thing against the wall. <laughs> you call it? Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. The uh, thing with that. Come on, not drafts, but. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Go. On. Yeah. So you had to put the blanket over the toilet so it wouldn't fall in there. But right. someone was just sitting there and was and you just no no um, bang bang you know darts 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 boards yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. board sitting there and someone sat on the bottom there and the crap you know what I mean yeah. yeah and you know we had TV but yeah. then one of the bullies always saw his program nobody else did saw anything else he wanted to see that was it and then turned off at ten got up five. Had and it was bad because you know always September or something. There's no windows, mm. just bars mm. and forty people in there. Mm. Yeah, and I wasn't a smoker, so everybody wanted the most smokes because you were allowed to have smokes, you know. Mm. Things, so, yeah, but yeah, but anyway, someone in there knew about the law better than anybody else, so I only stayed in there a week. Right. And I got in there with a small beard, mm. and they used to tease me in there. Mm. The the English wardens, they basically were English wardens. Right. right? I had to say Zikai in front of one of them mm. in the office, mm. click my heels, mm. and was made to go in one dormitory to clean up shit from the incontinent ones. Mm. Mm. What is he do? I mean, really, you know? Mm, what did I do? Yeah. So it's an experience. I put down experience, you know. It could always be worse. Right. So you found some property in the hills, did you? Some land. Well, I had a, I had a, I had a win on the horses. You had a win on the horses. Yeah. Well, you we picked up one, one Australian tradition horse and gambling on the horses, did you? Well, I like animals, you know. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I do. I probably would have made a good. Trainer, you know. right. <laughs> like Mr. Weir. Yeah, I like, <laughs> no, well, yeah. that's another story, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just, again. Yeah. But going know. back, so you, you used to gamble a fair bit. Well, sometimes it kept me alive, afloat. Right. Yeah. See? But this time I had some money in the hand and I went down, we had a, we had a combi, we always had a combi van, mm. with lots of stickers on, always being harassed by cops. Mm. Driving behind you, so you speed it up, and then you got to find. You saw someone's, you know. I mean, that's their, their game. That what that was the that was their game. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you speed? And I said, Well, were you blinding me with your lights in the back, driving behind me? You know, and I didn't hold back. Mm. That's what happens. You used to go to parties in the early days. Mm. Like what happened here when? Another story is the one. Not the story, but this is in Tatterzard's pub was yep. next to Russell Street. Yep. I made my. This is actually where my marriage comes in and all that. Right. In the Russell, I made. I went to the Russell Street. Uh, it's called the Pat Tatterzard's. Right. And it was six o'clock closing. Right. Yes. <laughs> Still then. Yep. When I had two friends that were commercial artists. Mm. And in the Tattersall's Club was the opposite to the Young George in, in Sydney, where was all the artists yep. 
troubadours, and I met a lot of Aborigines in that pub mm. who were singing, playing strumming guitar and all this. And they were harassed by the cops. And we were harassed because we did not put our glass down at 6 o'clock when the cops came in. Mm. So we had a raucous once at that place. And I had one night in the watch house. Mm. Let's get back to this property. What property? Yeah, yeah. Did you buy the bloody land or not? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting excited. You've got a big horse win. Yeah, but this... Yeah, yeah, but... Look, I was... First, before that all was, yeah. I went to Germany. Back I went to back Germany. to Germany in 1971. Right. And what was that like? Well, I couldn't, I couldn't face it anymore there. You know, mm-hmm. and I went to a doctor and I said I felt so depressed because I didn't get a proper job and I didn't work for myself. I had to work in the factory. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is not me. I worked here by myself. Right? Yep. Well, when I worked here, actually before I went there, mm. back to Berlin, I worked in, with gangs, yep. like Italians or... Yep. So you, you came know. back to Australia. So then the doctor said, what you need is greenery. You want to go back there, you know. Mm. So I, I was there with Kate, my mm. wife. You in know, Germany. And, and uh, one of my sons was born there. Right. We actually went back there mm-hmm. because we said we had to have someone to look after the last, the second child that was right. coming, Paul. Mm. So my mother looked after it mm. while we went in the combi van with Heidi, my daughter, mm. all the way around Europe with the bomb stickers and uranium band and all with the combi van. Mm. Yeah. I went to a car yard and I saw this car, this, bom- uh, this combi van there. Mm. And the guy said, and I said, what's, what's wrong with this car it's so cheap? He said, I hasn't got a, a clutch is gone. Well, I knew all about cars because I always wanted to know because this is what you get around with, so you got to know mm-hmm. about how to fix it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm a hands-on man, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like doing things for myself. Why do you have all these bloody stickers on the car? Are you some type of radical? Yeah, because, you see, this all comes together with someone I knew was called Rolf Heimann who went when the French had the atomic bomb going up in the South, in the South Pacific. Yeah. South Pacific. He went there with this fishing boat mm. or a little yep. cruiser he had. And he got me into this sort of stuff. Right. This is Rolf Heimann who is a very good artist. And he came out of the same place, or Dreis, and he survived also the same age as well. And so, at that time, the French had this thing when they bombed this New Zealand boat, remember? Yep, yep, yep. 25 so, years ago. So, you, you were so basi- I went there and stirring around. So, you were basically anti-war? Oh, of course. Well, a lot of people are for war, but obviously... Yeah, well, bankers' war. <laughs> yeah, bankers' war, right? Well, that's what it is. Now, I want to get back to this bloody block of land, because you've done something extraordinary on it. Something that I think most people dream about. Yeah, what but when I came back, you see, when I came back from... <laughs> before I went there, well, this is... Look how good it is. My wife became a model agency runner... Right. ...for Helen Homewood, who ran the model agency in Melbourne. Yeah. And you, because you, I was a good-looking chef, I yeah. thought, I'd be making some money out of this. <laughs> right. So I became a male model bricklayer. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I became, if you if you look in the paper from Howard Sun or something, uh. you would see me in there as the Crestnit man. The Crestnit. Yeah. And if you go on the internet, you can see um, Amoco commercials with me driving a red car. Right. A red Ferrari. Right. With these blonde girls in there and one guy strumming the guitar. <laughs> and the share commercial. I did commercials. Uh. In Virgin's Promontory, right. out in the bush, right. and that's how we got our money to go back to Germany. Right. And I tried to, I tried to make a life out of it up there, right. in a way, you know. Right. But, you know, when you really think about, it, I learned another thing about how people, when they do those things, waste money mm. in commercials. Yeah. They cost as much as making a movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so it gave me another insight into something, you know. Which is what? Well, that money runs people's perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. So they don't care about nature. Mm. It's only money. So we, you know, it's just horrible to think that we don't respect nature as this, we respect money more than nature. Mm. So what did you both do on this bloody block? No. <laughs> when I came back, I went... 73, the Aquarius Festival started in yeah. Nimbin. Yep, yep, yep. So we went to Nimbin. Right. I was going to live in Nimbin. Right. But what, you were but evicted? Because <laughs> I have an affinity with dogs, yeah. you couldn't have dogs on the property because everybody had chooks, ducks, geese, and so they didn't want anybody stirred up with yeah, right, dogs. Right, yeah. So I understood that. But I said I wouldn't try it. You know, if, there might be too many laws here, I said. Is it Nimbus? Even in Nimbus. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we left. We left. So when I won that money, uh, uh, yeah, I, I went... I went to this property, the only property that I saw there in that area. I asked a friend to go and inspect it for me, what he thinks of it, and he, he said, no, I wouldn't buy it, and that's when I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you, what, you knocked it down, and you actually did, what have you done? What have you done? I've been to the house, tell people. What have, what have you, you and your wife, what did you do? Oh, I built my own house. You built your own house? Yeah, I built my own house. Yeah. Right, from the ground up. From the ground up. After many of years when I worked on the building site, I had collected bricks. Right. <laughs> were collected left bricks. Over, right, they, yeah. they were buried or whatever, yeah. wasted. So, yeah. you know, not the, the house has different bricks and yeah. different parts. And I w- also, well, I lived in Warburton in a ramshackle place that the real estate agent said we can live in it and he should not live, never left us right. uh, let us live in it yeah. uh, full of rats yeah. and mice and I had two kids yeah. that's how he was yeah. and you know and I, yeah, uh, yeah, it was horrible anyway later on I actually built his house for his son <laughs> you know yeah. but we lived in Warburton up the hill while we built this house I was living in Warburton yeah. Yeah. and I also, when when Hazelwood, Hazelwood Power Station still was going, I built eight houses in Churchill. 
Right. For English migrants who came to work mm. by the Housing Commission. Mm. And I always liked to work for the Housing Commission because they were the best built houses. Mm. They were supervised, looked after, and everybody got the proper union money. Right. So as an independent contractor, you found that you were ripped off yeah. constantly? or Yeah. yeah. Well, the, what goes is if you don't sign the letter, when basically so, lots of stuff was you know, by words of mouth, you know, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. You, you had the supervisor and you said, oh, he's got to give me this and this and this and that. And what happens is they used to shine the supervisor and the other supervisor didn't know about it and they didn't want to pay you. So all what we did, if we didn't get paid, we went to that building company, sat with the big sign in the office, said, these bastards don't pay proper money. <laughs> so what they promise you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I didn't get paid the proper money. Yeah. Oh, oh, they had us evicted, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the other. Did, um, now, I've known you for over a decade, Klaus, and yeah. you've got a wide interest in politics and culture and a lot of things. So how are you filling up your time now that you're, uh, you know, in your late 70s? Well, at the moment i got... Two dogs who are on the end of their lives. They need not a look after. Right. Yeah. And you're still living in the same house you built? And Yeah. No. Well, I know, but... Yeah, well, when you do something for yourself, it'll be very hard to sell. Mm-hmm. Because you put your life in there and you did this what you want for yourself. Right. Right? Like I got, you know, I got rocks out of the wall in the river. You're not allowed to take look. You know, the real estate later told me, mm. Klaus, we saw you at 4 o'clock in the morning taking the rocks out of the river. You're not allowed <laughs> to do that. Right. Well, you know, but I always thought when I... I actually thought when I came to that area of Warburton, everybody should live in a rock house or mm. mud brick house or stone house or anything. Mm. Mm. And I lived in wooden shacks. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. So what, what's your house made out of? Double brick, mm-hmm. rocks. Right. It's cool in there. Mm. So it's not yet. It's like there was a big and building boom in the 70s and 80s of people doing their own stuff, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Mud brick houses. Mud brick houses. I wasn't allowed to do. I went to the council and I wanted to build out of mud bricks. Right. But didn't want to let me. They didn't want mud bricks mm. coming to that area. You know, right. they associated. Oh, the next thing is. Smoking marijuana and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's that's how the attitude in those days was. was. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you do mud bricks while you mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or you driving a combi van with certain stickers on, you know, you this. Well, it's yeah. still a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I don't go to the local pubs anymore. When I used to, I I stirred them up and I said, if you buy bricks around this year, we all got to charge the same price, not mm-hmm. undermine each other. Everybody was undermining each other, you know. Yeah, yeah, to get the get the contract, you know. Yeah. So, what type of things uh, are you interested in today, as you approach the end of your life? I'm sorry to say that. Well, you know, one old bloke looking at another old bloke, what, saying, "Which one's going to his much, funeral? How much? <laughs> how much shit do you want to experience, mate?" Well, no, but but the minute at the minute. Well, you're reasonably unhappy with the way society has gone, aren't well, you? Well, of course. Well, what are you unhappy about? Well, you, on, you know, you, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got nowhere to start. <laughs> You're leaving something behind that isn't better than it was. Mm. Even I, even after the war, I felt sometimes I, I wasn't influenced by politics yet, you know. Mm. But people were more cooperative with each other, mm. you know. I mean, you know, well, you know, I always found Australians are very submissive. What yeah. do you mean? Oh, we, we, we're told that we're, uh, you know, we're out there, we're no, fighting for our rights. Yeah. We're, no, you well, know, we, we, we spit at the cops. I think a person like Adolf Hitler would make, you know, would... Enjoy being here. Invite, yeah, he would have so much following. Yeah. yeah. Because he's authoritarian, and you like authoritarians mm. who run this joint. Mm. You know? And so, you know, like... There was hope once, then Bitlam was almost like Willy Brandt, mm. a socialist. I remember I had teeth troubles. We had free dental care mm. in those days. Yeah. Well, that's where your digestion starts. That's where you got to bloody look after yeah. first. Yeah. You know? So you think things have gone backwards? What? Not just financially, but not financially, but socially or no, socially? Yeah, definitely yeah. backwards. Yeah. So you don't think here? Yeah, it has. Yeah. Everything's privatized. Mm. We can go to Berlin. Public transport is not privatized. Belongs to the bloody government. Mm. It belongs to the state of Berlin or Brandenburg. You know, mm. and you got what? 170 stations. On the top, and 170 stations are using. You got 400 million people using it in a year. Mm. Why would you say that? Yeah, that's right. And um, housing—that's something. Another issue you've been very vocal about. Yeah. Well, you, you kept telling me that in Germany that there's a huge public housing sector. Yeah, 44 percent of people live in public housing. Mm. Well, and, it's and, and, not expensive to live, isn't it? Mm. If you if, say, for instance, you compare Melbourne to Berlin, mm. well, I can't really compare it as such, but if you live in the CBD, mm. why would you have a car? Here, maybe, yeah. In Berlin, you would not need a car in the, say, 50-kilometer 50 radi radio because mm. you can get anywhere there mm. in no time, mm. you know, in no time. Every five, ten minutes, of singing, you know, and then people say, oh, why don't you go back? And I said, well, I like the country. I don't like the city. Well, you all live in the city, so what the bloody hell are you doing? <laughs> Do you love this place so much? Uh, uh, and, you know, what did Mr. Whitlam say many years ago? He said, we got to get out into the bush. And he was actually saying to people, build your house without permits out there. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to decentralise. Mm. Have you got any parting words for our younger listeners? We may have one or two or three or maybe even four. We might have written something down yet, so I can't remember after I said all this. <laughs> ah, don't worry. Just, just We've only got a yeah. minute and a half. Yeah. Right. So something for our younger listeners or uh, that you'd, you'd like to say uh, before we get kicked out of the studio. Now, Klaus, this is live radio, so I've got to fill in time. Yeah. And while you work out what you want to say. Well, I would say one quote if uh, I would come, which I read a lot. Mm-hmm. 
It says the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your existence is an art of rebellion. Yeah. And that's what I do. That's what you do. Your existence is an art of rebellion. Yeah. Well, Klaus, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I hope that um, the rest of the time you have on this planet is well spent, and I'm sure it will be. Yeah. And um, we've got to keep the... The uh, fires of rebellion alive, and thank you for coming in. It was a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Dale, and uh, we'll see you all in Radical Australia next week. Thanks.
Destined not to float. 